Greetings and welcome to our worship service at the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village this Sunday, November 7. We are so glad you have decided to be with us in worship. Here are a couple quick reminders about the opportunities for ministry that are before us. Uh, one is our Many Mansions Thanksgiving Baskets. We're collecting uh, the different items that go in a basket, and we're doing that uh, through this next week and to next Sunday. So please take note of that reminder and, and help to support this, this good effort. The men's retreat is upcoming on Saturday, November 20th. It starts at 10 a.m. It's going to be a Zoom, uh, a few-hour retreat. Uh, registration is needed now, so sign up if you intend to uh, join other men in this retreat. The homelessness webinar, which was scheduled for this afternoon, has been postponed, so don't look for it online. Uh, this afternoon, but stay posted for when uh, it's determined we might share that again. Those of you who have not yet had the opportunity to pledge, we encourage you to do that. We need your support to underwrite our ministries for next year. Today is Communion Sunday, and so you will want to make sure if you are here in-house with us that you have one of these uh, good little combo uh, offerings for communion in hand for when we do communion later after the sermon. And if you are at home, take the opportunity now to go get uh, some bread or some pretzels or something and uh, some juice to go along with that so that you can participate in communion with us. One of the uh, interesting and powerful realizations we had through this pandemic time is that we are uh, powerfully connected even if we are not present with one another. And so uh, rest assured if you are at home that you will um, be part of this extended community of faith through participating in communion. And if you are at home, you might want to call or email or text message or just drop in at the Beetlebach household later today. Um, they may be otherwise engaged or they may not be, but today is their 30th anniversary, is it? And congratulations, David and Alina. Congratulations. We uh, are so proud of you. You're doing so well in your relationship, staying married 30 years. This is a marvelous, marvelous thing. Uh, what can happen in people's lives when they love one another. And, and we know that you two love each other, and we celebrate with you as you celebrate with each other. And thank you for sharing uh, your joy with the flowers this morning in worship. You're missing a good comment by David in his uh, quick-thinking way. So we've been thinking about the opportunity to change during the pandemic, and we are wanting to say that this pandemic is something that may have stimulated us into doing something better for ourselves rather than making everything just terrible. So being people that believe in resurrection spirit and the possibility of good coming out of bad and new coming out of old and all of those kind of things, we are 
persuaded that perhaps something better can come out of this mess. Now, it's going to take a little work, and that's why we have been talking about it, because it, it takes some work to face into a mess and to look for something that might be better for us. But um, God's Spirit and our encouragement to each other has uh, been with us, and that's what we've been about this September, October, and now into November. We're talking about facing the challenges of our journey of setting a course for a better life. Today's focus is on testing and temptations. Uh, how do we make sense of them? How do we weather them? And ultimately, how do we prevail over them? So let's center our spirits, uh, connect with one another and with our living Lord, and get about worshiping God today. body or spirit as we join together in our call to worship. I apologize that I didn't get to that fast enough for you. <laughs> Setting sail, we seek resolve, but also strengthen us. Let us remain standing as we join in our opening hymn. <clears throat>
Be seated, everyone, and uh, thank you. Gloria, you just choose music that uh, speaks to the moment and where worship is going. You know, she consistently does this. All these four, now five years that we have been together. Um, this is one of my favorite hymns. I didn't ask her to choose it. She just chose it. She knew the language of that hymn, spoke to the moment. Did you hear the words well enough? Did you, you know it's in page 2212, so it's in the black hymnal in your pew if you want to take a snapshot. That's what that's called, isn't it? Actually, it's a photo. It's an old-fashioned photo with your phone that you can take of it. Um, that language is the theme of today's worship service. Let us pray. Holy God, be with us in this time of worship. We shudder to think that there is circumstance after circumstance in our lives that test us, that tempt us not to be our best selves, but rather tempt us to, to turn carelessly or thoughtlessly or away from the leading of your spirit, the trusting in your will for our lives. It is a struggle. We feel like Jacob. Help us in our time of worship to be clear in our thinking of our devotion to you and our willingness to walk the path of life amid all its twists and turns, with your spirit within us. Amen. Good morning. Now is the time in our worship service where I have the opportunity to talk to the children of our, of our church, not just the ones that are sitting in our back row, but the ones that are at home as well, um, to take a time to talk about our faith and what it means to live out our faith in real ways. Next Sunday, guys, if you happen to be here, we will be making baskets for many mansions to give to the residents of the various communities that are a part of many mansions so that they have their Thanksgiving meal taken care of. For the members of the church, if you want to donate, there is a link uh, to a sign-up genius that tells you what we still need. For the kids, if you want to talk to your parents about signing up on that sign-up genius, we just ask that if you sign up that you bring those items to the church before worship starts next Sunday, because that's going to be our Sunday school lesson next Sunday, making these food baskets for members of our community. We are so thankful for the ministry that Many Mansions does and how they work to end homelessness for a lot within our community. And sometimes when you're homeless, you're also looking for food. And this is a 
this is my really poor attempt at make a, to try to make a tie-in to our Bible study that you guys are talking about in Sunday school this morning. Um, and that you were talking about Joseph, who at this point in your Bible story lives in Egypt and has become a top advisor in their community. His brothers and his father are not doing as well as Joseph are do- or is doing, and they're hungry. And they head out to Egypt to ask for assistance so that they have food to feed their family and friends. And when they come before Joseph, Joseph has a choice. He can choose to provide them the food that they need so that they can thrive and survive, or he can say, you treated me really bad when I was a kid. I don't need to do that for you. What do you guys think Joseph chooses? Mark. The first one. Good guess. Very good guess. He chooses to, to take care of his family. Uh, that's not without some ribbing and some teasing. Well, I'm not sure if everyone would call it ribbing and teasing, but that's not without some story that happens beforehand. And maybe you guys will talk about that. I know that in our house, sometimes brothers and sisters need to make sure that their point is made before they offer blessings. So you'll, you'll have to tell me if you see that in the story today. But we all have choices to make. We can choose whether or not we forgive and move forward and offer blessings to others, or if we hold on to the pain and the anger that we have and return pain and anger to the people who did that for us. That's something that we as adults struggle with as well. So if you're sitting there going, I don't know if I could be nice to someone who did all those mean things to me, know that Joseph had to work through a lot of stuff to make that possible. Will you guys join me in a moment of prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. And thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for yesterday. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. And thank you for giving us forgiveness as well. Thank you for accepting really difficult sentences too. (laughs) Help us to forgive others. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, head off to Sunday school. Oh,
please join me in prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we give you thanks for your spirit in our lives, guiding us, directing us, moving us forward on our journey of faith, helping us to set course for a better life and doing your will in the world. Be with us as we face the challenges of life, that we might face them with integrity, leaning on your love and support. So just like Joseph, we might face those challenges with strength and perseverance, with hope, with realization. And if I didn't say it, grace. And if I did say it, grace again. Because Lord, we thank you for grace on top of grace on top of grace, for the ways in which you have been present in our lives, even when we don't deserve it, even though we haven't earned it, you continue to offer us love and support and guidance. And for this, we give you praise. Help us to manage this week in a way that continues to bring honor to you and continues to shine your light into the community. As a faith community this day, we hold the following people and situations in our prayers. We lift up prayers for Terry Gear's sister as she goes in on Monday for a medical test for melanoma. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We turn to you with thanksgiving for a successful surgery for Jack Elgener, and we ask you to be with him in the long process of healing after this surgery. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Evelyn Rogers and family as Evelyn prepares for top surgery this week. Be with them in the healing, be with the doctors, that their eyes or that their hands are steady and their eyes are keen. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Nick Poopage, who has contracted valley fever. We ask you to be with him, offer him healing, and let him know your presence at this time. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We join David Biedebach in lifting up prayers for the family of Jeanette Longwell, who passed at age 51 from a stroke. Be with her husband Rob and their four children as they learn to walk this road without her present. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. And Lord, we would not be able to get through this day without acknowledging that today is the anniversary of the borderline killings. We ask you to be with those who lost loved ones that day, for those that were traumatized by the experience. And as we continue to learn how to live without these people in our lives and to do the work of bringing honor to their memory in the ways in which we interact with others. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We give you thanks again, O oh Lord, for a wonderful All Saints service on Monday night where we had the opportunity to remember those that have gone before us and how they have helped bring us to this place this day. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. And again, we celebrate with the beta boxes. They uh, are at their 30th anniversary this day. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. 
we take a moment to approach you, Lord, with the prayers that are on our hearts this day. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray all these things, saying the prayer that your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. 
Thank you, choir. Louisa May Alcott once said, I am not afraid of the storm because I am learning to sail my ship. She speaks aspirationally for all of us. The more competent we get at living, the less fearful we are of life's reversals and obstacles. We just manage them and we move along. Over these next few Sundays, we will be focusing on facing challenges during our life's journey to a better self. We know where we're headed, and we have identified some resources needed to get there. Now we acknowledge the effort to be expended, the work to be done, the tacking, the trimming of the sail, the course corrections necessary, the dumping of the ballast, perhaps, and the bailing of the bilge water. Namely, all that is necessary to weather the storms of life. And the more we learn to sail well, the better we weather those storms of life and successfully face the challenges that they bring to our lives. Such is the goal of setting a course for a better life. Now, for you Bruin fans, I offer um, a modest and inadequate apology. But I have just been fascinated with what's going on at the quarterback situation at USC. It is an interesting mess. Kendon Slovis is in his third year. He's been first team Pac-10 for the first two years of his career as a Trojan. And soon into this year, he was knocked out of a game with a, a concussion, I think, some kind of head injury. And this guy named Dart, highly esteemed also, replaced him and, and entered the game and had such a great day being the substitute quarterback that day that he's in the record books at USC for that endeavor, having done so excellently. Somehow, near the end of that game, he hurt his knee. I, don't, I didn't even notice it happening. I think he just limped through the end of the game, and then we learned about it the next week, but he had a meniscus surgery the following week, and, and so was in recovery and out of the game, and so the next week, Slovis had the start. A little shaky, <clears throat> maybe not quite as confident as he was before, but but he went in back to the position. And ever since, there's been this kind of, uh, well, there's just been a lot of talk about who ought to be starting the game and who ought to be playing how much of the game in that quarterback position. Now, if, if you change your view on what I'm talking about from the sports fan to the view of those two kids. 
the drama, well, becomes more personal and increases, right? It becomes more real rather than just a lot of mouths talking about something. This is their lives. These guys are, are playing for personal pride. You know, they've, they've been one of the top five quarterbacks in the nation when they were their senior year in high school. They're playing for their sense of personal pride and accomplishment, yet they also are playing to build their resumes so as to be drafted pro for some good, <laughs> good, 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 good money. So there's a lot at play with whether they play and how well they play. And I've kind of wondered, well, how are these kids handling this adversity and this challenge? And apparently, from what we can tell, they're embracing it as an opportunity and they are competing to personally excel. They are facing into the wind of their lives now, and they are sailing onward as, as best they can, viewing this as a test, perhaps, of their character, being competitive people. They are resisting the temptation from all that we can notice of, of calling it quits. Ah, I don't want to mess with this. I'm too good to mess with this. They're resisting that temptation, and they're also resisting the temptation to undercut their colleague, their competitor, for the position. Game on, they seem to be saying. Let's do our best and see what happens. At least, that's what it looks like from our point of view of reading the paper and listening to interviews and, and stuff like that. And it struck me that that was an interesting illustration in a large way for us in our lives and what we do and make of these things that come in life. We have a scripture passage for us today that speaks to the challenges of life from a spiritual perspective. Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he's not advising them on, on their sports, but he is advising them on their spiritual abilities and the way they pursue their lives, maintaining the faith, he's saying, is important and excelling as a disciple of Christ in the face of whatever comes your way is important. And it's something that we can do. He's saying to them, it's something I want you to do. Prevail. So tech team, let's take a listen at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. Our scripture reading today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. So if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. 
No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be, Thanks to, be God. to God. Paul is focusing on God's expectations for his faithful people to live better, more holy and more righteous lives, regardless. Not to continue in sin or to still desire evil. Rather, being born into a new life, a new life with Christ, disciples are to reject sin. Reject temptation. And to live a life that is worthy of Christ Jesus. It's a strong, strong call to weather the challenges of life through faith, with faith, and spiritual perseverance. We learn that it is Paul's understanding that what is seen as, as testing, well, that is common to everyone. The challenges of life are part and parcel of life. We are not unique in our struggle to be faithful. In the face of challenges of life. Indeed, God is with us and helping us along throughout it all. Since it is God's intention for us to succeed in life and join with God in the heavenly banquet. So let me say, whether you are among those who think God is behind the placing of these situations in our lives that we call tests, or you are inclined to think that these tests of life simply come forward in the normal living of life, the truth is, we have these experiences that test our mettle. God-ordained or happenstance, we've got them. And the key realization is whatever its source, we are challenged to manage them or overcome them in a healthy and, and a positive way that leads to our maturity and to our, our greater well-being. So if you don't think I'm ducking a theological point, I would say to you, stop worrying about where they come from. Stop that debate. And start worrying about how you're doing handling them. That's the issue at hand. How well are we handling it? 
Can we handle it better, more maturely, more healthily, in a way that leads more constructively to better relationships and blossoming of life and getting us to our true self and helping others get to their true selves and actually liking one another, helping one another, celebrating one another. A person once told me the easiest way to deal with temptation is to give in to it. Then it's gone. No, no more problem. Well, maybe that's the easiest way, but it might not be the best way. But what are the tools for managing what we're talking about? Well, first, and I found this really important to, for me, in, in my journey is how we frame, how we make sense, how we frame what we're facing. I used to use the word problem or obstacle to describe these kind of situations, but, but now I use the word challenge. And I think I've faked myself out with that, so I, I like it better. It's just a change of world. But no, no, it's more than that because words are powerful and you're changing how you make sense of what it is you're facing. Is that an obstacle in front of you? Or is that a challenge in front of you? To me, this simple word choice sets the right tone for how I want to face what's going on. It seems more positive, and it seems more motivational to me. It's a challenge to get things right, to develop new or, or better qualities, uh, to enhance or to improve relationships, to turn what, what might appear to be a negative thing somehow into a good thing through achieving a, a better or a more constructive outcome. In my life, framing helps. I would suggest you start to think of your problems and your obstacles as challenges to becoming your better self. Secondly, I've found that it's most helpful to recognize that the Spirit of God is here not to get in the way and make things worse for you, but actually to be along the way and to make things better for you. That's what God's up to. That's the deal between the creator and the creature. This is realizing, this is asserting that our resurrection faith means something actually in our day-to-day -day living of our lives. And what it means is that there are new possibilities 
and new potentials that abound in life. Nothing is a dead end. Nothing is all and done. There is always an option of moving beyond this particular moment to the next. Developing, improving, maturing, prevailing. Sometimes all it is is taking the next step. Doing the next best thing. God's Spirit is here for this. Helping you get up. Lifting you up. Count on God. Go to God. Let God help you turn obstacles into challenges. And challenges into moments of growth. Third, there is a solidarity in the faith family, at least when it embodies the spirit of Christ as it's intended to be. In our brothers and our sisters, we have partners, we have traveling companions to help us persist and to help us prevail. We're not looking to the person on the other side of the pew to tear us down, are we? Is, is that your perceived role to the person next to you? To help them have a harder time? Are, are you here to criticize that person and try to undercut all their semblance of pride and dignity and self-respect? Is, is that your calling? No, right? No. Well, maybe your spouse's work, but uh, I should not look at David Biedebach. It would help me to resist my temptation of ad-libbing something that's not helpful. The person next to you, in the theory of our faith, is here to be your loving and helpful brother and sister, to support you and equip you on moving forward to your best self, that image of God inside of you. This is what we are to be about, and this is why we should feel like we can count on one another to be our partners and our co-travelers in a good way on our journey. We don't need to go the journey alone if we are really brothers and sisters to one another through our faith. And we have learned 
we have learned that when we embrace life's challenges as a team, striving for one another's success, we find for ourselves success more readily and more fully. This is why AA is so successful for so many people. And this is why Bible studies or spiritual growth groups or knitting groups or bowling groups or choirs or service teams. This is why they are so helpful to the members of the group. Comfort, support, empowerment. Soul support shapes success. So if you are tempted to quit, or to lie or deceive as a way to get ahead, or to lash out in anger to settle scores, breaking apart rather than building up, I implore you, on behalf of Christ, on behalf of Paul, on behalf of your brothers and your sisters, to resist those temptations with all the spiritual resources at your hand. Understand such circumstances as testings of your character and facing into the challenge that they present with Christ at your side, find your way to adapt and to grow and to prevail in the face of it, in the experiencing of it. Now, soon after that passage that we heard read this morning, uh, if we read uh, a little further, we come across a couple of verses that are often included in our communion liturgy. Its placement in uh, Paul's epistle here is key, I think, in that, in that Paul is underscoring the importance the power of the Eucharist to equip us to do what he's just encouraged us to do, which is resist temptation and to overcome testing. That one of our helps is the Lord's Supper. We are sustained by Christ, empowered by Christ, and we will prevail with Christ. 
So draw close to your Lord, your Savior, and persist in the good. It's the right thing to do, and it's the way to stay afloat and keep your journey going forward. Amen. I don't know if you guys caught that alliteration that Walt had in the middle of his sermon. Soul support shapes success. So the support that we have for our soul, our spiritual life, helps shape the success that we have. I'm going to remember that one. I don't know if you guys uh, will join me in that endeavor. But as we have that support, we are able to turn those obstacles into challenges and those challenges into opportunities for growth. And we give thanks to a God that walks with us on that journey and says, you do not have to face these challenges alone. I will be with you. And you have a community that walks with you as well to offer you that support, to offer you that love. For all of those things, we give thanks. And we have the opportunity to respond to that thanksgiving by presenting our tithes, gifts, and offerings to God. As we reflect on how we might give to God, we receive the gift of music.
Amen. May the Lord be with us and help us to uplift our hearts and give thanks to God. Blessed are you, God of creation and of all beginnings, Abraham and Sarah, Miriam and Moses, Ruth and David, the priests and the prophets, Mary and Joseph, all who have come before us and shown us the way forward, our mothers our fathers. You made us in your image, and though we have all sinned and fallen short of your glory, you loved the world so much, you gave your only Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. Therefore, we rejoice with the company of heaven, praising your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Truly holy are you, and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. On the night in which he offered himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and offered it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, when the meal was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you once again, and offered it to his disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of my new covenant, given for all of you, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, you rec he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. Therefore, in remembrance of all your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we ask you to accept this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, which we offer in union with Christ's sacrifice for us as a living and holy surrender of ourselves, proclaiming the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. Christ, Christ will come, come again. Send the power of your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts, that in the breaking of this bread and the drinking of this cup, we may know the presence of the living Christ. Be one body in him and grow into his likeness. Renew our communion with all the saints. May we run with perseverance the race that is set before us, being surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And looking to Jesus as the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God now and forever. Amen.
this service has been a blessing to you. We do indeed face great challenges in life, some caused by our own willfulness and carelessness, and that is true, and some due to no fault of our own, but rather the result of, of living in community with people who are willful and careless. And as the pandemic has taught us, sometimes things just happen and throw everything into turmoil. Know that you are not alone in facing the challenge. And you can make the most of the moment, turning it into an opportunity for growth and maturity. It's all about the choice you make. Make them good ones. And seek the Spirit to help you live into them. Remember the Thanksgiving baskets for many mansions. Remember the pledge cards to underwrite our ministry in 2022. Be safe. Stay healthy. Know that you are loved. Amen. Amen.